0: I'll just restart this intro music plays. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sing the intro. Uh, You're not. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's talk about stuff. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello. This is the crush monocle podcast, the podcast where we talk about stuff, all the stuff. I am your host, Coop. This is my co-host John. Happy to be here. Uh, a little hesitation. <laughs> no, very happy.
1: <laughs>
0: really. I'm not happy either, John. No.
1: <laughs> we just do this to torture each other. The like, suck. No, man. no, the interests are amazing. But think about it—the fact that like we both hated doing the podcast, but just did it because we like to. Make each other happy so much We're both just like, oh fuck we gotta do the fuck podcast <laughs> 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 but, uh, but Coop's gonna be mad if I don't do it And then your Coop's like oh, I gotta book a I gotta set up an episode for this month If I don't do it John's gonna be mad <laughs> uh, Actually
0: I'm more worried about I'm always thinking like oh no poor John's got all this Important stuff to do And <laughs>
1: Dude everybody's on. important you have important Shit to do my important shit's not more Important than your shit like we're all Important Um well,
0: I saw uh, Evil Dead Rises yesterday.
1: We can't talk about that because I am going on Wednesday. I have a babysitter booked and I am taking my wife. We're going at three o'clock in the day. Oh, nice. But we're going to a restaurant slash theater slash whatever called Broovies in Salt Lake mm-hmm. City. And it's like the only place you can get like drinks and like legitimate food while you watch a show.
0: Oh, fancy. fancy! Yeah, fancy. I know. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, I'm well, just, I'm. So fucking pumped. I'm pumped. Super the, pumped.
0: The reason why I brought it up because I was going to a screening of the movie before it came out and I was going to write a review of it, but uh, we had tornado um, warnings.
1: Wait, and... so you, you got like press pass, like screening, like screening yeah. ticket?
0: Yeah, it was like that local theater that does like the screenings for local. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's. But legit. you got a fucking tornado warning, like right yeah, before that. Yeah. So so listen, the weather's been super bad here. It's been terrible. Like rain, like yeah, rain, to... wind. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I get to the theater, and on the way to the theater, I my mom texts me, and she's like, "Hey, we got like a tornado warning, not a watch, but a warning. Um, thought... Be careful out there." I'm like, "Ah, it'll be fine." But then you know, about a month ago, all those people died at that one show up here that a tornado hit a live venue, and it. Killed like two or three people at a concert. That was a
1: thing that happened.
0: That was a thing that happened here. I think it was like Cannibal Corpse or some metal band. joe people died from a tornado at a Cannibal Corpse. I, I concert. think it was Cannibal Corpse. I, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, okay. So, anyway, so my mom's like, No, people died here recently. You got to be careful. Right. I'm like, Yeah, it'll be fine. I get into the theater, and this is like an AMC theater. It's a nice theater. It's not like a ghetto or oh, anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the oh, yeah. lights were already flickering. Like the power was getting ready to go out. Holy shit. So I'm like, nah, it'll be okay. You yeah. know. So then I'm sitting down and right before they dim the lights before like the trailers start, uh, the projector messes up on the screen. And then um, it's like
1: three two red flags so far.
0: Right. And this had nothing to do with the weather. Yeah, you know, this is just ah, you know? we
1: So I
0: sat down. I mean the the stewardess came in, they're like, Hey, we're having issues with the projector, it's probably gonna be, you know, 20 30 minutes before the movie starts like, okay yeah, so yeah. i walk out of the lobby and i was gonna go call my mom and say hey you know i'm fine whatever when i go outside it is green outside it looks like i'm going to die oh, so dear. i go back to the theater and the steward's like hey it's gonna take longer the movie's not gonna start till nine this was like seven o'clock so okay. i'm like nah, i just bailed i just split smart smart yeah and smart. i made it home and i didn't die and there was no tornado well,
1: you're still here so that's yeah. good So
0: I say all of that to say that I just say,
1: thank God, John doesn't have to host the podcast.
0: Yes. And I thankfully (laughs) I would think that would be a horrifying way to die to be watching a demonic possession movie and then get killed by a tornado.
1: Are we sure that's not awesome though? (laughs) You probably have a lot of stuff
0: that you listened to this past month. I do. So I'll go first and get it
1: out of the way. Okay, tell me what you got, yeah, tell me what you got, and then I can, like, round it out. Because sometimes we have similar shit, sometimes we don't. Unless you go R&B, and then I'm like, oh,
0: fuck, that's (laughs) cool. I don't have R&B, it's dry out there for R&B lately. Uh, Okay. I listened to the new Metallica record.
1: Oh, no, why? uh, And
0: I will say that I was actually pleasantly surprised.
1: I saw something on Twitter today that was like, the dumbest thing ever concerning actual like what metallica would care about yeah at all mm-hmm. but i saw something today where they were, were like so like you started off with like record sales don't matter right, right at this point like they no. just don't especially for metallica they're a fucking no. corporation that's that's metallica, a right. Metallica metalica is like walmart right like, at this point like right. they when they tour they they they, they it employs 500 people. Yeah, it employs 500 people who make very good salaries. Right. To be on tour with them, they make an insane like it's it's a corporation, right? Right. But I saw something that was like this is the first Metallica album since uh And Justice for All or some fucking thing like that where it was not it didn't debut at number 1 or some shit like that. Okay yeah and it like showed this picture of the band like all like ooh. you know and it's like uh, uh they only like one they didn't need to they didn't need to put out an album at all they no. don't ever need to put out a new album ever if they no. never want to like they don't even and they haven't an
0: had to in the past 15 20 years arguably. yeah
1: and and like you know like and like the albums that they have put put out like they're not adventurous past i mean we don't need to talk about sin anger which is no but anything that there's been four since then or three? Just three? Uh, How many with Robert Trujillo? I'm not saying he played on it, but since he joined the band, he joined four. right after Saint Anger. So there's been. Yeah, four, there was Saint right? Anger,
0: then Death Magnetic. And then.
1: uh, and Then the one with the face on the cover and like shit's exploding out of its yeah. like head. And then this new one. So I only think it's three.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So three. Yeah.
1: So like they're not necessarily interested in record sales. They're just right. like, they probably go and like fucking rehearse like months before they have a tour and some of them have ideas some of them don't and they fucking hash them out and make a thrash record and they move right. on with their lives because right. that's yeah. the type of shit they like to play mm-hmm. with each other at the age of like what they're, they're all in their, their late 50s, 60s at this oh, point, right? Really, yeah. And the fact they're still playing like thrash, like fucking get it. Like that's awesome. Hmm. Like whatever, you know? I just, I didn't I derailed the fuck out of that, but I was just saying, I thought it was funny that there was this, like, billboard um, article that was like, oh man, we didn't make number one. They're like, no, we're going to go on tour for the next, like, five years and make a fucking half a billion dollars. Like, we're fine. Like, we don't give a fuck if you download the Yellow Cradle album. Like, we're good. (laughs) Well, I, I, um, I'm not, like, the
0: biggest Metallica fan I love. Thrash metal, obviously. If you've listened to five seconds of the show, yeah, Metallica is probably my least favorite of the popular thrash bands because they haven't been thrash in 50 years. But, um, the first few of Metallica records are all timers, you have to like them if you like metal, you like those couple of records or
1: whatever. I mean, I will never listen to slander about Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning, yeah, exactly. And Metallica, Metallica, like the first one, like, uh, you know, whatever, you know, like i didn't think they came into their own but like those two like the second and third album like yeah
0: they're 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 classic,
1: they're untouchable like they set so much shit up just like how slayers shit up, just how mega does shit i like to think
0: that those first two metallica records are the revolver and sergeant pepper of the beatles like even if you hate the beatles you gotta understand those are important records Fair, fair. okay so in saying that um the rest of metallica's catalogs will really here and there to me they're my brother's favorite band so i've listened to them all my life
1: you're a big load and reload guy aren't you yeah
0: hey, look load don't doesn't lie bother to me. me load doesn't bother me it, what's wrong
1: with reload reload is load basically it's the same fucking thing it they don't made. have
0: as many pot bangers on it
1: doesn't reload have fuel on it though isn't that that's like a good a song jam?
0: That's the jam, but the rest, you can just keep that record. But uh, but anyway, so this record does feel
1: legitimate. Does Load have King nothing on it? That's Load, yeah. Okay, that song's dope. I heard that
0: song was about Carrie King. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like some kind of dig at Carrie King.
1: That's like one of the more like prominent bass lines in all of Metallica. Yeah,
0: that's a cool riff. Yeah. You, you, you know who rips off that riff? You'd never believe it. Who? collective soul of they, course have a, they, do. they have they have a song they have a song called counting the days oh yeah okay it's, i know what you're it's the, the king of. nothing riff
1: oh my god oh my god uh what did you listen to this month john god so i have to like here's my thing is like i have to remember what i brought up last month so okay. i brought up alms last month right yep 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 did you end up checking that out i and did all? and it was pretty freaking rad it's pretty fucking cool, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's all just like horror movie themed, and they're just yeah. fucking like mastodon. It's like, the soundtrack to my like, nightmares, right? Like yeah. it's so a good, good. A good. Yes. Life. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, did I mention the new Fax album came out? Oh, you did not mention that. Okay, so the new Fax album came out, and that is like some of the best drumming, some of the best fucking bass playing. I mean, their bass player who just left after recording this album is cat powers bass player oh
0: okay that's weird
1: yeah I, super weird and like obviously like she doesn't do the things with cat power that she does with fax but yeah like, she just has like gorgeous bass tone mm. so relentless like super smart and their drummer's just insane and i love facts yeah and like the guitar player and the he does vocals at the same time like he does just enough to make the fucking music just bang and they do. There's a couple like experimental tracks, especially the last one, where you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like this is facts on steroids. Like it's so good, <laughs> like just amazing. Like post punk shit. Like it just touches everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one more thing.
0: You talked um, about facts on the very first episode of this podcast.
1: I did. That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> where is the fucking uh, punk album? Oh, okay. Uh there's a band called Life in Vacuum. So not Life in the Vacuum, but Life in Vacuum. Okay. They're out of they're out of Canada. I don't know if they're from like I want to say Montreal, but if I'm wrong, it might be Ottawa. I'm not sure. But it's like super heavy. Um Did you listen to Cola at all last year? Like me and Candon loved
0: that album. Did yeah. you listen to Cola at all? Yeah. Yeah, I I listened to it a couple times. I didn't it's not in my playlist. didn't stick with you. Okay. Yeah.
1: But it's like i okay. liking it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to say, I don't want to compare it to this because it's kind of dumb, but like it's like strokes, but heavier. Like it's like, okay, very, it feels nirvana, but it's not like cringy grunge ripoff nirvana. Right. Okay. So it's like strokes with like more like aggression. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And yeah, I, I have been like fucking loving that. So. That isn't much like genre differentiation, you know. We're talking thrash metal, we're talking heavy shit, and talking post punk.
0: Consistent,
1: yeah. So there's no hip hop for me. Um, I did stumble upon that Debbie Friday. Have you checked that out at all? No. So that's just like intergalactic like R and B shit, and it's really good. Yeah. but that came out like months ago. So. That's okay
0: yeah i uh i love me some r&b and and it has been pretty dry here lately for, for r&b for me go go
1: debbie friday like it moves fast yeah. and like it it's got like she kills it and like the beats are fucking great like hey john
0: did you know we have a guest today what oh yeah <laughs> i can't make this sound authentic no matter what uh, <laughs> the powers of editing um our guest this month grew up in Chicago, Illinois, here in my hometown, where he attended Southern Illinois University. He got his degree at Columbia College. He later moved to Los Angeles, where he directed seasons of Moral Oral, Robot Chicken, and Titan Maxim, which led to co-directing the Lego movie, directing the Lego Batman movie, and eventually directing the live-action Chris Pratt actioneer The Tomorrow War. In addition to writing elements of 2020's Doolittle, uncredited and the story for dungeons and dragons honor among thieves his latest directing effort is the horror action comedy renfield starring nicholas holt aquafina and the legendary nicholas cage as the toxically charismatic count dracula (laughs) ladies and gentlemen mr chris mckay Woo!
2: That, was, that was a that was a great intro you deserve applause that intro that intro is awesome was uh, well amazing. thank you yeah.
0: you know uh we've had former guests who always say when i do the intro they're like that sounds like you know a eulogy yeah a i eulogy. feel like i'm dead <laughs> <Here>. <laughs> I, get a little preview. I get a preview of
2: something i'll never witness yeah that's great yeah hey, there you go. i didn't think of it that way
0: um uh, thank you for taking the time to hang out out with us at this uh, podcast. I want to thank say, you guys, uh, congratulations on the movie. I've seen it twice, and uh, it's uh, it's even funnier the second time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yes. Uh, so, uh, really quick, I just want to get in, jump right into it. Um, I think the the elephant in the room when it comes to this movie is Nicolas Cage um mm. john and i here are huge fans of Nicolas cage no matter what it is yeah uh i want to say that where how where was how did you approach his approach to count dracula like what did you bring to that what he brought
2: yeah i mean you know, he obviously he's a big horror movie fan he's a big you know cinephile loves movies yeah um and he he really liked the script thought it was that you know, thought thought it was. He called it brave or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, that we were going to do this movie, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I showed him I showed him animatics, some things that I'd done with storyboards, and it did some very rough ideas about what the scenes would kind of you know uh, some some of the action, and um, did showed him some of the stunt viz and that kind of thing, just to give him the idea of the tone of what we we're going for. Um, and then kind of got into just doing costuming with him, started talking <laughs> about things. That I wanted, you know, and he had ideas obviously, uh, you know costuming is very important to him um, you know, hair facial hair, stuff like that, like all of that stuff is really important to him and so it was, it was just like a good give and take, I mean it really wasn't like I came in there with some sort of like, I, I, I want to talk about, I wanted it to feel European um, we talked about uh, so that came across in some of the clothing and I yeah. wanted to homage like you know like every, every if there was a way to homage every single version of dracula i tried to get it in there yes, like yes. like even even i don't have it nearby but even there's a medallion that cage wears in the final actually wears it in a couple spots but for sure in the final costume he's got this medallion and inside that medallion is cage done as Vlad Tepish uh, <laughs> from from the uh, Gary Oldman from the, Cop- Coppola yeah, movie. the Coppola yeah the so, Coppola yeah 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 so uh, so so I mean look like everything I could but but um, but it was more just like a give and take and he had some really great really strong ideas rings were very important some of the stuff with the cane and and things yeah. like that the way the cane was designed yeah. um, and 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 the sensuality of, of maybe like Dracula and that sort of thing and his father. I had one conversation with him before we, before we hired him before he said yes basically yeah um, and then the second conversation I had with him he was he was already off book he memorized all of his lines from the script he knew everything That's back so to cool. front yeah. yeah it was like what a professional and yeah, just like, holy shit. it had and had the voice literally like just had he was he wanted to do his father it was this kind of like mid Atlantic <laughs> thing And so he just wanted to do you know his father's voice because yeah. his father was a literature uh professor and had this kind of very haughty tone to his voice and thought that would you know work for our version of dracula and yeah. and yeah so it was just so it was it was it was yeah I, mean, I couldn't have had a better time he was amazing like he was just a really great guy to work
1: that's so cool yeah that's crazy <laughs>
0: um i think um I like the a lot of the more human elements of the movie, and I think a lot of people are not talking about it as much as I would hope. Uh, it's it's an action, it's it's horror, it's comedy, yeah. it's all these things, but there's actually a really subtle underlying story about toxic relationships throughout the movie, and sure. um, even though Cage is like so animated and charismatic, there's still. To me, the creepiness in that is how good he is at playing someone who's narcissistic and yeah. and creepy. Yeah. I got that um, too. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the scenes where he, he kind of, like, as the movie progresses, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, he kind of, his narcissism uh, kind of evolves. Like, when we first see Dracula and he's, like, in his, you know, beat-up state, he sounds yeah. more like an uh, like elderly parent he's kind yeah, of yeah. gaslighting, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Renfield. Yeah. But then by the time he's in in the middle of the film, he's more like a toxic ex. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> so no, you, you you hit on it 100%. I mean,
2: you know, even in the beginning of the movie when we're flashing back to him, the vampire hunters, he's love bombing mm-hmm.
0: Renfield and there's he's yeah. like and yeah. and,
2: he, and and I think the thing that you know, you're you're talking about it's it's like yeah, there's obviously these themes in there and and these these moments you know, that, that, are, that are between their, in their relationship, this codependent relationship between Renfield and Dracula. Yeah. But, but why you hire Nick Cage and why you hire Nick Holt is because they can color in real emotional stuff in, in, a, in among all of the, you know, jokes and fights and gore and all this stuff that you, that you, you, you have these actors who can, who can really provide all of these different colors and shades. And right. So like Cage when he's love bombing Renfield in the beginning, you know, even though he's he's wild, he's, he's sort of like hanging in this protection circle and he's, you know, yeah. saying all these you know you're my best friend. He's even getting like a tear in his eye as he's yeah. talking to to, yeah, to Renfield. For sure, for sure. Yeah. He really feels it. And then we we're talking about when he's being an ex later and he's really jealous and hurt. Like he feels abandoned. He's such a he's such a child in the way that a narcissist <laughs> understands emotions in a childish in a very childish way because they only yeah. feel empathy for themselves. They don't feel empathy for anybody else. So they can only feel really emotions happy. selfishly. He's truly hurt in when Renfield rejects him finally in the CODA meeting, uh, when he's in the Codependent Anonymous meeting. Yeah. He he has that one, there's that one moment where he just has this, Renfield says, you know, I'm, you know, he says, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I gave you the choice between the power of a God or, you know, pathetic, you know, desperate humanity and Renfield says, but that's what I am. And, and Dracula just has this moment where he's like, he's just like deep, like he's just wounded. And that's <laughs> yeah. kind of why you, that's why you have Cage, you know. You have for yeah. those human things. But I think, I think the best movies, whether it's, you know, horror comedy or anything like that, they, they, they have, you have to flow a little bit between, you know, you have to allow, if you're of if you're drama, you have to allow for a little bit of levity, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of, you for know, sure. fun. And if you're doing yeah. a comedy, there has to be – if you if you really want people to care about these characters, deep down inside, there has to be moments where you get real true drama. Even if it's, even if it's just like you're just opening yeah. a peak. You're just looking at a peak inside <laughs> that guy's life. And you're yeah, the door for sure. And everybody yeah. has jokes and blood. And yeah. else. You got to yeah. have that. You got to – at least – and that's why, again, you hire those actors because they will – when you're mining for that stuff, they will give you all – the, they, they, they can't help it that they will give yeah. you all this stuff. You know, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how important was that human element um in the creation process of, the, of this movie how important was it to you to have a lot of that subtlety of that you know outside of the comedy and horror and all that
2: yeah uh, yeah you know, I, I I'm always trying to deepen you know you, obviously the first couple of takes when you're on, on on your day and you're doing you're setting this stuff up you know the first couple of takes you're just trying to you know see see what we can get out of the script right and then right. Once you start to you, you kind of you know you get educated real fast on what people are doing and what you know what they're doing with the material and you know yeah. with Cajun Holt I did have a little bit of rehearsal time so in my office we did we did a, we did a few things we got to one of the sets early and got to do some stuff but it's not like we had like weeks of rehearsal you know for right. for something like this that's not that's not part of the you know it's not part of anybody's plan you know I mean I wish I wish that it was but you know ultimately when you're dealing with a budget and all of these other you know people's schedules and things like that it's really yeah. hard to actually get that kind of solid rehearsal time but the fact that we, we these guys are so good and we were able to with you know within the takes start to kind of evolve those things yeah. and and to me I'm always looking for that stuff so it's incredibly important to be able to find just some kind of human anything you know just because it just I just think I just think it just you know grounds the movie in something real and makes sure.
0: you ho- hopefully makes you feel something at the end of the day. Yeah, that's no, the goal it does. Yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, to make make you feel something. Yeah, agreed. Um, with uh, the main stars of this film, uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, shame on you for not seeing it yet. Uh, but Nick, obviously Nicholas Cage, uh, Nicholas Holt, uh, Aquafina, Ben Schwartz, yep. uh, all four of these main stars that you have in this film, these leads all come from different backgrounds and they have different styles of acting. Um, How did you find balance between all four of these
1: people? (laughs) Yeah, seriously, that's such an awesome, like such an awesome combination. It sounds like such like just a crazy chaos, you know, (laughs) sometimes
2: sometimes it is. But I think, you know, I think you have to sort of it's just like if you have a group of friends that all have a little bit of different interests. Yeah. you know what i mean and you're trying to do one thing together <laughs> yeah. you know it's yeah. like it's like yeah. it's like you're just you just have to kind of find oh you know everyone's got a different some 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 actors take a long time to warm up some some are like you know great on the first take you just yeah. have to kind of see what who you're dealing with and what they are and then try to try to prioritize if, if the if if you know if the scene's more about them or whatever you try to prioritize their to their strengths or mitigate their weaknesses and and I mean, the good news is I had such good-hearted people. Like, Ben is a joy to be around. Cage yeah. is super enthusiastic every day. He he just loves being on set, loves yeah. creating. Yeah. He's, he's like a little kid, you know, and he's filled with joy when he's on set. Nick Holtz is, you know, super professional, and it's just like a, you know— Deep down inside, like a love monster is like a human being, yeah, like, super kind human being. Aquafina is great and it's like she's super so like, funny, she's so yeah. funny, like she kills and, and me, and really, like, and she's yeah. really chill. So it's just like, yeah. there, I had no egos, like my, there's not no egos in the cast at all whatsoever. Oh, I mean, just oh, everybody, Shoray plays a. Ben's mom is the mob yeah. boss. And yeah, she's like she's like an, you know, Academy Award nominated actress. Yeah, she she couldn't have been a little more lovely to work with. Like everybody, everybody there is just all there for the right reasons, all there to have fun. And I think you know, I think that's what people. You know, at the end of the day, people just wanted to have fun, and they, and we try to keep the set as fun and as light for the actors as humanly possible. So, yeah, that yeah.
1: cast is so good. Like, it killed me. Like, I, as I was watching it, I was just like, I'm dying. Like, it's so good. Like, loved it. Loved it. Uh, so. one,
0: of, one of my favorite things about the movie is that this movie hates Ska. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. too, hate Ska. So, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I want to know really quick, uh, what's the story with this movie hating Ska so much? Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I, you know, honestly, like, I think in the script, the the it wasn't ska in the original version of the script I, I read. Okay. What was and, it was. Do you remember when? it was? It was Rush.
0: Okay, it was <laughs> Rush. <laughs> which is so, funny in it itself. You know, <laughs> which, is fun, which
2: is which is very funny. But then, but I felt like okay, like if you're if you're just targeting a band, right? Like, yeah. it, it it felt a little like mean spirited, maybe, right. and like because then you're kind of like punching you're kind of like punching down on the band as opposed to like and, and 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 so i asked i asked ryan the writer to see like let's try something else and he came back with ska and the, and the reason why i liked the idea of ska is that whether you like ska music or not right it is so
0: happy and peppy right as, as, a, as a
2: musical <laughs> thing that it's almost like it's yeah. it, it, and, and also it's, it's a genre that like it, you know it's like got a little you know it's got a little bit of reggae it's got a little bit of like you you see Scott yeah. in, like certain punk yeah. rock bands right. like it, it, it bleeds it bleeds <laughs> yes. into all all, all of this stuff so I feel like okay you know you know you, you can't really you know truly hate you know it's like it's like for her to hate Scott and then he just the next you, you cut to Renfield going there and it's the happiest music <laughs> yeah. in the world yeah. and he's gonna murder these people like to me that there's something like you know at least mm. potentially funny about that. So it felt a little bit better that we were just like, you know, again cuz like like you know, like like I said ska's like, you know, it's like you know, there's there's little bits of sky in every you know, almost every right. musical genre right. has has <laughs> has some has, has a has a, has a has an element of sky in it, you know, like um, that it just felt it just felt like the right, uh, right. idea, you know, uh, to do. So it it, it felt like something. I mean, unfortunately now there's like I guess after party also, which Ben Schwartz is in was making fun of Ska. The yeah. TV show after party was making fun of Ska. So I guess I guess it's Scott it's game it's game on for ska right now. Yeah. But I also I just hope that I hope that for people that like Ska they'll at least like the, the you know, giving Ska a lot of attention. So that's so that's 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 good.
1: No. And I, I think people that like ska like to be dunked on a little bit, so this is perfect. And I, think I, also, I there's an underdog, you're absolutely right. There's an underdog
2: status to Ska yeah, that I think people yeah. really Yeah. But
1: I'm also going to cherish the movie every time I see that scene and know that Rush was the backup plan. Like, that is (laughs) Every time. Like, I'm going to die. Like, that's so good. (laughs) Yeah, well, we can dunk on Ska
0: all you want because I hate it. It's it's an infection. (laughs) Um, So, uh, with this movie, uh, obviously, with the the flashbacks early in the film, uh, of course, it calls back to the Todd Browning Dracula, which is a Probably the first horror movie I ever saw as a kid. Oh, cool! Man. I was obsessed with the Universal horror films as a kid. I oh. had them all in VHS. I didn't know that
1: group. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I, I
0: have all like the AMC or the TCM versions yeah, of VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things I. Uh, about the original Dracula, which I know this is not your film, obviously, 100 years ago. But mm. on the very opening of that film, you see like this little tiny casket with this bug crawl out of it. And yeah, I love that shot. Yeah, I love it too, but I, it never did explain what it was. Is it a giant bug in a casket or is it a little one? And uh, this film kind of answers that. It's it's one of Renfield's bugs. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know. I, what is that? That's crazy. That's crazy. Have, yeah. In the end credits, we
2: put that shot in the end credits. Yeah. we put yeah. that shot from the Todd Browning movie in the end yeah. credits because I was always like, I was like, is this a joke? Like, yeah. is this like, is this because it's like it's a t- it's a tiny casket with a with a bee <laughs> and it's like a bee crawling out of it. Right. So <laughs> it's the weirdest it's the, it's the weirdest thing. That like, I like I thought you know again I ca- it's the thing that always like plagued me. It's I'm, I'm obsessed about that image because I was like I can't tell if Todd Browning means this as something funny, <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't get it, it, or if it's just if it's just weird. And so, yeah, so we like the idea of like Renfield having a casket to put his, to put his, you know, bug coffin to yeah. put his bugs. In. Like, like that's his like Altoids, yeah, you know, that's Altoids, you know <laughs> box. So, yeah. uh, but, 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 yeah, I mean, and like, yeah, like we were very inspired by Todd Browning's movie. I mean, I mean Dwight Fry playing, you know, Renfield was yeah. a big influence, yeah, you sure. know, on us for, for Holt, for Holt and for the performance. Yeah. Cool,
0: cool. Uh, this is a, a pretty, probably a loaded question for you uh with your animation stop motion and all that background like robot chicken and the lego movies and lego batman what did you take from those to and apply it to something like renfield i know that this isn't the first live action you did but renfield feels more like robot chicken than it does the tomorrow
1: war yeah for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> um
0: for sure and that's not a dig at either film but it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. that uh what did you take from those those animation things and to apply to a live action film yeah i mean this there's, there's a lot but i think the main thing like
2: uh the main thing that i took away from doing any animation whether it's stop motion or cg animation mm-hmm. um is the uh, animatic process and using the animatic process to try to pre-viz so storyboards yeah. that are cut together yeah. with sometimes you're ripping stuff from other movies or throwing some stunt viz or other things in there that maybe you've shot on set or in the office and doing an animatic for each scene to be able to help people understand the tone so adding um adding scratch voices or sometimes taking voices from the table read um, and putting all of that stuff together. That's something i try to do for any movie, whether it's a dialogue scene or a very complicated effects scene and try to previs as much as possible so that we can get, you know, as much out of the day and kind of know a little bit more about the scene going in can can see where there's some flaws in the scene or we need things explained or where we're not, or we need more coverage or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Or more unique coverage. And then the other thing is when I was when I was working on Robot Chicken and Titan Maximum and Moral Oral, um, we were trying to we had we had we had fifteen stages, fifteen stop motion stages, we had thirteen animator animators, we had four people in the lighting department, we had a puppet department that was creating puppets and a set department that was creating sets, yeah. and all of that stuff had to land at the right time. So you're playing this chess game with all of those stages and all of those all those you know all that manpower and all the people and make sure the the, the, the sets and puppets landed on the stage so the lighting team could get in there yeah. so that when the animator was peeling off of what are finishing one thing they could come over and work on on that, that stage and all that kind of thing right and that process is how when when you're doing a movie like this and this the, the we 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 did the Todd Browning stuff in the beginning of the movie where we comp, where we comp cage and holt into yeah. Todd, the Todd Browning movie Right. That wasn't stuff that the studio wanted to do. They didn't want to do a lot of that opening stuff. So that was all stuff that I had to figure out a way to do as low budget as possible. So I was using like a second unit and even a third unit team to sometimes put that stuff together. So I was still like, well, we're shooting on one stage. We're shooting, you know, Cage and hold on one stage. When, yeah. when, when Holt's done... We're sending him in a costume so that he can go and go over that green screen stage so that somebody can shoot him to composite yeah. him. So we're kind of prepping all this stuff. So there are times where you are kind of running and gunning like that. So that kind of chess, kind of playing, you know, a chess game with the schedule and with everybody oh, cool. and yeah. all that stuff. That's kind of some stuff that I learned. And you know, when you're trying to do something low budget like this, it's really uh, it's really important to, if you, if you want to try to get all this stuff up on screen, to try to figure out that stuff and, and plan ahead of time by going, hey guys, there's going to be times we're going to need like three camera crews and use your, my second unit director, I have two second unit directors. I had the stunt coordinator, Chris Brewster, and I had Jamie Price, the visual effects supervisor. Yeah. And Jamie, if I was doing that comp stuff, Jamie would go and do that. You know, Brewster would go supervise, you know, a stunt or a thing we needed. And then yeah. sometimes it was like B-roll, where it's like, hey, I need, I need cool shots of, of new orleans or something like that so we we talk about what they need and then, you know we need and then they'd go out and shoot those things so there's a lot of that kind of thing you're trying to coordinate all these you know you got a drone unit going out and shooting shots of new orleans yeah um you know so yeah so that's kind of how you know i'm trying to use use you know because you're b- burning money when you're shooting yeah. a movie like this So how you're trying to just get as
0: much stuff done on a daily basis as humanly yeah. possible
1: that's so cool! I fucking yeah. loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds
0: like the live action people is way easier than doing stop motion. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. A, a sequence in the trailer for the film. It looks like there's a giant dance number. Yeah. Uh, it's not in the film, sadly. Uh, yeah. Spoiler little, alert!
1: Spoiler. Yeah, just well, teasing. Uh,
0: two parts to this question: Why was it cut? And mm-hmm. two, what song was it cut to? <laughs> It was not cut to a
2: Sassica song, so it'll be happy to oh, Thank God. Thank it was God. cut to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> um we 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 shot uh, one night in an alley in New Orleans. There was a, when when Renfield leaves, he he's just saved Rebecca at the at the restaurant and, mm-hmm. and she calls him a hero and he kind of you know, he leaves kind of, you know, he's he's he's, he's, he's leaves lighter than air as he walks out and he's you know, doing the sign of the cross of the nuns and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Music, music is going, and then he walks outside. And, and what was what was meant to happen before Dracula interrupts him? What was meant to happen is that he was um, he was going to, you know, kind of just uh, the the music was going to come up on the soundtrack. Uh, it was a song called "Higher and Higher" by Jackie Wilson. Yes, yes. we're going to okay.
1: do cool, cool, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We're going to do an updated version of that. And, um, and, uh, we had, we had dancers and <laughs> like cop, ma- ma- people in maggot costumes <laughs> and cockroach costumes, <laughs> <feels like> dancing <laughs> with them and all this stuff. And it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that, and then Dracula was meant to interrupt yeah. that like crazy dream sequence that he had. Yeah. Um, the, the, the so it was this big fun thing it was about a minute and a half long. Um, and the reason we cut it was because. It ended up being a little redundant with the montage that happens after Renfield talks to the codependent people. Yeah, where he gets his apartment oh, and yeah, he gets his stuff, okay. and it's and it's got the same kind of energy and the same kind of yeah. lift okay. to it, and stuff like that. And since now, as the movie started getting cut down, the those scenes started getting closer and closer together. So they kind of robbed, it kind of robbed yep. the energy from okay. one. So yeah. Yeah. we basically had to make a decision. It's going to be on the Blu-ray, so oh, it, won't, oh, cool. it, won't, it won't be with the cool. Jackie Wilson. Yeah. Uh, s- song uh, because the, the studio couldn't afford to do that but, uh, uh, but yeah it's going to be on the Blu-ray so people could see you know Cat Burns did incredible uh, choreography and Nick yeah. worked his ass off and the yeah. dancers all worked their ass off to do something yeah. really cool but yeah unfortunately it didn't make it in the movie so yeah
1: I was dying at like the new wardrobe that he was purchasing. Like just oh, all yeah. his the old and, like pastels stuff. and yeah. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was it was killing me. It was yeah. killing me. It was so yeah.
0: good. well, I I would I was gonna ask you what's your favorite Dracula, but we already know it's Nicolas Cage. So uh, I will ask you, uh, what's your favorite horror movie? Uh
1: wow, my favorite my favorite horror movie. Um can't you ask him for like a top three or a five, like yeah. just the one that's a lot? Like it's tough, it's it's tough because I want to you
2: know there's so many so many yeah. directors I want to shout out. I mean, The Exorcist fucked me up when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Really, Very, really, sure, really, really bad. Yeah, I loved great. it, <laughs> but but that but even the trailer, like seeing the trailer oh, yeah. Yeah. for it with the way you know just like everything about it, this, yeah. you know, the tubular bells and everything else yep. um, and I love how late it takes uh, how long it takes like she, all the effort she puts into trying to figure out what's wrong with her daughter and finally going to the priest but it's like we, we all know what's what's going on but right. it's like she's trying every, <laughs> yeah. everything else um, yep. it, it's I love I love that I'm, I'm you know I, I haven't watched it in a couple of years I'm sure it's I'm sure it's one of those things that doesn't hold up as much but I just I really love um, I really love that movie uh the, um, you know, I, I saw, a lot, you know, there's like a, I can't even remember which John Carpenter movie I saw first. I don't know if it was The Fog or Halloween or Southland Precinct 13, yeah. but they are all kind of like on cable or on VHS yes, around yes. that, yep, around yep, that yep, time. Yep. And, um, and just the way he used the camera, obviously everyone talks about, you know, he's amazing with camera. He's really great with, like, really pithy dialogue and really just really compact hmm. movies. And yep. I – you know, his movies always made me – his his movies always made me want to make movies. And I've been very – I don't know if you guys ever, have ever – you seen him in concert when he takes no, that concert? No, not yet. No. Oh, my no. God. I want to. No. No. You have to, you have to go. It is so fun to watch him up there at however old he is now. Yeah. yeah. And he, it's him and his son and, a, and one of their friends – and they're just playing all the music from his movies yeah, and he's yeah. up there like a rock star but they're playing <laughs> the behind him they're playing images from
1: the movies oh, shit. do they play the scenes while they do the soundtrack yeah oh, it's shit. really
2: okay, it's I really that. great cool. and it's just like it's so fun and it's just it's just yeah i mean it's just it's really great to see it and just how much the music Meant so much to those movies. I mean, everyone knows that, but it just, of course, it's just yeah. it's just it's just kind of great to kind of extrapolate it out yeah. like that and put the music as a foreground, you know, foreground of yeah, everything. For sure, yeah. and you're just there. If, if, if you get a chance, if you if you if it's to see that, you got to go see it. It's it's really it's really worth it. And he's a filmmaker that I just love, and so you know I've loved all of his movies, and and you know even even ones that you know I, I'm I'm you know you know I, I still get like fascinated by ghost of mars like i'll go back yeah, and like yeah. watch, watch of right mars it. and just just like try to like pick things apart and kind of go okay yeah cuz there's all that like, cuz it's the flashbacks and all that stuff in yeah, the movie yeah. and try to figure out like you know what came first and yeah. all that kind of thing um and then you know uh you know uh sam Raimi, evil dead movies yep yeah um especially evil dead 2 mm. was huge um and um and fright night uh george romero's dawn of the dead uh uh all that stuff were you know big movies for me when i was a kid yeah Uh, can you uh
0: can you please do a remake of fright night (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, i'd love to that'd be great yeah i
1: would yeah that would be so i I would die that would be so good uh i i want to say
0: thank you so much for uh coming out to hang out with uh john and i uh big fan uh i'm not just saying that because you're here but i mean i I watch robot chicken every single night on Cartoon no shit, Network. Right. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. I feel wow. like i week
1: every episode. <laughs> uh, this, th-
0: a friend of ours in this podcast is actually in a band with John. Uh, he had a podcast, a fictional podcast. It was all made of fake ads. It's called yep. ad read. And, yep. uh, he told me that robot chicken was like the biggest influence on that. Yep. Just because <laughs> this weird, askew universe of, you know, absurdity. So, yep. um, yeah, you've kind of, kind of been throughout all of our uh, lives here. So, uh, yep. Uh, Everyone, please go see Renfield. Uh, see it multiple times. It's a great movie. Buy it on Blu ray. <laughs> yeah, c- coming in June on Blu ray. Yes, yeah. okay. Um, there you go. But yeah, I do want to say thank you for hanging out with us.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for all your support. I really, really appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank all you. All right.
0: Well, I think that's uh, going to do it for uh, this episode of the Crush Monocle podcast. I'm your host, Coop. Uh, this is my co host, John. Hey, hello. (laughs) This is uh, the greatest comedy slash action slash horror stop motion CGI amazing Uh, Nicholas Cage uh, holder, uh, director, ska hater, ska hater, Hater, (laughs) uh, Mr. Chris McKay. Thank
2: you very much. Thank you, guys. It's really lovely. Thank you.
0: All right, like and subscribe, folks, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace out.